You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the Rand Corporation. I'm Evan Banks. And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from Rand's latest research and commentary. It's February 22nd. Last week, Monica Witt, a former Air Force intelligence officer, was charged with spying on the U.S. on behalf of Iran. According to the indictment, Witt shared dossiers about her colleagues with Iranian hackers, who then used the information to access U.S. intelligence officers' computers and networks. So just how big a catch would Witt be for Iranian intelligence? And what does this story tell us about Tehran's cyber ambitions? To shed some light on these questions, Brand's Heather Williams sat down with Mary Louise Kelly on NPR's All Things Considered. Williams previously served on the National Intelligence Council as acting national intelligence officer for Iran. According to Williams, it's unclear how broad Witt's knowledge might have been, or how much impact her actions could have on U.S. intelligence collecting. As for Iran's cyber ambitions, those extend beyond collecting information. Iran also conducts cyber attacks. These aren't nearly as sophisticated as China's or Russia's, but that doesn't mean they can't be successful. You can find the full interview on npr.org. National capabilities for terrorism prevention are relatively limited, according to a new report from the Homeland Security Operational Analysis Center, which RAND operates for the Department of Homeland Security. The report shows that most terrorism prevention activities rely on local or non-government efforts, and only a subset receive federal support. To address the gaps in capability, the most effective path for the federal government would be to strengthen, broaden, and sustain terrorism prevention efforts at the local and non-governmental levels. These include efforts to prevent recruitment by terrorist groups in the first place, limit the influence of terrorist messaging, intervene with individuals who are at risk of committing violence, and lower the chance that people who are incarcerated commit terrorist-related crimes again. In December, Russian President Vladimir Putin called for his country's economy to, quote, enter another league. According to RAND experts, that priority is far from clear if you look at the Kremlin's foreign policy. From prosecuting war in eastern Ukraine to propping up Assad in Syria, and most recently, flying nuclear bombers in Venezuela, Moscow's quest for power is often expensive, not to mention self-defeating. Russia could increase its economic potential and improve living standards for its people by engaging more positively with the world. And if Putin really wants to gain influence in the international forums that matter, such as the G20, our experts say he should consider prioritizing Russia's economic interests and backing away from, quote, economy-destroying dictators. Women who married ISIS militants were in the headlines this week after making public appeals to return home to Western countries. Two of them, British-born Shamima Begum and American-born Hoda Muthana, were barred from coming back. Last year, Rand's Antonia Ward weighed in on the complex issues surrounding so-called jihadi brides. The role of women in ISIS is unclear, she says, and that means they may need to be assessed differently than their male counterparts. Notably, Ward says that automatic removal of citizenship might not always be the best solution. Quote, if they are to return to the West, then each woman should be assessed individually on a case-by-case basis. While interviewing Syrian refugees last year in Turkey, Jordan, and Lebanon, Rand researchers heard versions of the same story over and over. A chemist working as a mechanic, a firefighter tailoring clothes, an IT specialist doing odd jobs. Refugees were finding ways to get by, but they weren't working in their chosen fields. 
The researchers also found that many more Syrians were performing unskilled manual labor in their host countries than had done so in Syria, and far fewer refugees were self-employed or business owners as they had been in Syria. In other words, it appears that a considerable share of Syrians have skills that are not being fully utilized in their host countries. This is a missed opportunity for everyone. Taking advantage of refugees' skills can increase economic opportunities for host countries while also improving the lives of Syrian families. Okay, we're going to wrap up with something a little different. This week, RAND researcher Pam Mueller has been competing in the Jeopardy All-Star Games. Mueller is a Jeopardy champion, but she isn't RAND's only connection to the long-running game show. A 2011 episode featured an entire category about RAND history and research. So we've gone into the archives to find those clues, and we're going to play our own game of RAND Jeopardy today. Evan, are you up for being the lone contestant? Yep, I think I'm ready to go. I should note that I have not seen these questions beforehand or the answers. Yes, that's very important. And we do have our own makeshift Jeopardy board here. You can't see it, but the clues with dollar amounts are in front of Evan, and he has control of the board. I'll also note that this is actually a double Jeopardy round, just as it was on that episode from 2011. But the stakes couldn't be lower, Evan. This isn't real money, so you don't have to worry about it. Our category is Rand. The category is Rand. It's your only choice. Uh, In that case, I'll take Rand for 1200 Alex. In the first book on this, Computers Doing Tasks Associated with Human Intellect, six chapters had been Rand reports. What is artificial intelligence? That's correct. Artificial intelligence. Uh, I'll take Rand for 1600 Packet switching, the basic idea of the internet, came from 60s research on communications in case of this awful event. What is nuclear war? Correct. 800 Rand research culminated in a 1987 treaty on these three element compounds that break down the ozone layer. Ooh, um, what are chlorofluorocarbons? Nice. Well done. CFCs. Looking at the board, we have clues for $400 and $2,000 left. Uh, I'll take Rand for 400 Okay, this is a visual clue. Seen here are 1960s designs by engineer James Drake, who made use of Rand's Santa Monica location to become the father of this sport. Evan, you're you're looking at the image. Do you want to describe it at all? Well, they look like these sort of oblong shapes with fins coming off of the ends of them, and there's a couple names attached, like Old Yeller and Yellow Submarine. Uh, I'm going to say surfing. What What is surfing? That's close. It's actually windsurfing. I don't know if we can give you credit for that one. We don't have any judges in the room, um, so... We're going to say no. Okay. I'll take uh, Rand for 2000 Okay. Well, you've found the daily double, Evan. Oh, nice. Now we have to figure out how much money you have before you can wager. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Evan, you have $3,600, so you can wager up to that amount. Let's bet the farm. Why not? All right. He's making it a true daily double, which is exactly what I was hoping for. Here's your clue. The field called this theory, which has influenced economics and other disciplines, was expanded at RAND in the 40s. Oh, boy. Um, 
What is game theory? You've got it. Nice. All right. Well, that was a pretty strong showing, Evan, and you ended up with quick math. You ended up with $7,200. I'd say that's a job well done. So we've spoiled all of the clues for you already, but you can find them plus a little bit more about Rand's big Jeopardy moment at rand.org slash Jeopardy. That's it for today's episode. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org slash podcast. We'll see you next week. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis.